Welcome to Tell Me About It, episode eight. Today, we're talking all about multiple sclerosis. I have my friend here today, Erin, who was just recently diagnosed with MS, and she's really wanting a platform to talk openly about the disease, the stereotypes associated with it, and just what her overall experience has been like so far. So welcome, Erin. I'm excited to have you here and to learn more about MS. Thanks, Nina. I'm really excited to be here and share my journey and everything I've been through the past few months. So let's just get started and like just ask the basic question of what is MS and what does it affect in the body? Okay, so MS is an autoimmune disease where your immune system targets the myelin that cover uh, the nerve cells in your brain and spinal cord. Uh, It causes breakdown of the myelin called demyelination and this causes inflammation, it causes um, a hard time for your uh, nerve signals to pass through your brain to the rest of your body. Um, And the biggest sign of MS would be the inflammation in the brain or spinal cord. Uh, It causes a breakdown of the myelin and allows blood to get in to the brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's known as breaking the blood-brain barrier and that's one of the signs of MS. So crazy. So what is like a typical symptom that people would notice? Yeah. So um, MS has a multitude of symptoms. It depends where in your brain or spinal cord uh, your nerve cells are being attacked. So there isn't really one symptom that is typical of MS that is visible. So most people who have MS have like major fatigue or cognitive disability, but that's really hard to capture and you know if you're just extra tired for a few weeks you wouldn't notice that right um I think the main things that lead people to say maybe there's something wrong are uh nerve pain or tingling problems with eyesight vertigo dizziness and yeah major fatigue wow yeah so a lot of things (laughs) yeah um tell us a little about your story and when you were diagnosed and how you started noticing that something was wrong. I first started noticing something was wrong. It was really obvious to me because I woke up. It was a Tuesday morning. I was getting ready for work and I kept running into the walls and I felt really dizzy, like nauseous and not really like the room is spinning, just like things were out of place. And I thought maybe I just needed to eat or I need to drink some water. So I tried to get ready and do my makeup and I kept missing my face. Like I was trying to, you know, like put mascara on. I was like poking myself all over my face. I felt really off center. Um, So I was texting my girlfriends and I'm like, there's something wrong. I don't feel right. Uh, Mm -hmm. So my friend picked me up, drove me to the Sheldon Schumer Hospital, which is close to where I live. And... I went to the urgent care. At the time, I didn't know it wasn't an emergency room. So it was urgent care. Uh, I just showed up. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I was really tired. I hadn't eaten anything. I felt out of place. I was alone. I was like crying. And it took forever to get into the emergency room. I did some blood tests. I did some, um, you know, regular tests that the doctor does. And he basically was like, you have a virus, you have a cold, you might be hungover. Oh Go my home, gosh. Rest, just like sleep it off. And you know, I'm not a doctor. So I was like, okay, sounds good. I hope it's a virus. I just went home and I slept all day. And then the next day I was so tired. I woke up exactly the same. So I went to my uh, general physician mm-hmm. and she did a bunch of tests. Um, the same like 
blood tests, checking my heart rate, just regular things. And she was like, there's something wrong. I can tell there's something wrong, but I think you should go to the emergency room because you might have had a stroke. Wow. So I was like, okay, this is really weird. At this point, my parents were with me. So they drove me to the emergency room at the Rocky View and I was admitted and the emergency doctor was like, okay, there's something wrong, but we can't, we can't I can't tell what it is. Um, you're walking funny. Like at that point I was walking funny. I had a slur. Um, I didn't notice at the time, but apparently my eyes weren't moving properly. Uh, they weren't like following all the way. And then mm-hmm. the same, like I couldn't move my hands properly. And then very luckily there was a neurologist on call and he came in and checked on me and he said he saw something in my eyes and booked me for an urgent MRI in two days Mm -hmm. after that. So by this time it was like Saturday and I was starting to feel better. So I was like, oh, it must be a virus or Mm -hmm. something. So I went into my, for my MRI just in case like it's, thankfully we live in Canada and it's covered by healthcare. So I was like, I should definitely take advantage of this. I went for the MRI which was really, I don't know if you've ever had an MRI, but they're pretty awful. I have awful. once. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Very claustrophobic. Claustrophobic, and there's so many noises, and you're just like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Mm-hmm. So I was starting to feel better, so it wasn't too bad. And then I had my MRI, and they said, okay, it'll take a few days for the doctor to review. And then, like, over a week passes, so I'm assuming they would, if there's nothing interesting, they would, would have called me right away. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm fine. I went back to work. I felt way better. Everything was fine. And then my doctor called my the neurologist called me and he said he was he didn't even ask me. It was like three o'clock on a Friday. I was at work. I was just in my like elevator lobby. I wasn't even in the ba- like main floor. Mm-hmm. He just said, There's something weird on your MRI. And then he's like, I have to go. I'll call you back and hung up. And oh. <laughs> he called me back, like so I'm like freaking out. I'm like sitting at my desk, like, I don't know what's going on. What am I supposed to do? Like, you can't work in that state. So basically, I'm just like sitting there waiting for him to call me. He finally calls me back and he's like, yeah, I think you have CIS, which is clinically isolated syndrome, which is the first stage of MS. So I didn't know what CIS was at the time. Basically, I heard MS and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I'm freaking out. I'm like crying. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? And he said, you should take some vitamin D that's good for people with MS. I'm like, what What do you mean? Like, I'm a person who wants to fix it right away. I'm like, what? Like, should I start my medication tomorrow? Like, when can you see me? What's going on? Like, show me my brain scan. And he was like, yeah, I'll call you next week and we'll set up like a meeting. So basically he told me I had MS and then was like, see you later. So nonchalant about it. Yeah. I was very, very, very upset. And Mm -hmm. I also called my parents. My parents were pretty devastated yeah um but I just tried to like ignore it and just move on and I went and saw him the next week and he basically was like he showed me where the spots were in my brain so where they were um they were on the right side kind of in the central area of your brain which causes imbalance on the right side and I had a lot of problems with my right hand like I couldn't hand write or anything for a while Hmm. it was really messy and then he also told me that most MS patients have a relapse about every year so I was like okay so I have like a few months to think about what medication I want to do uh, so relapse as in like yeah like okay so I guess I should explain <laughs> what a relapse is um 
when you have an attack in your brain that lasts for more than uh, inflammation in your brain that causes symptoms that lasts for more than 24 hours Mm -hmm. and it has to be a new relapse it would be a separate area in the brain so yeah so I had I had one big area and then maybe two he said they could either be old or new he couldn't tell because it was my first MRI so there was no baseline right so he's he he basically told me don't worry you'll be fine for a year or so and he said look at the MS Society website and look at all the medication because there's a lot a lot of disease modifying therapies and drugs that you can do and I just was like overwhelmed I didn't want to look I didn't look at all my mom mm-hmm. was like researching it and she mm-hmm. was like sending me links and she's sending me all this new medication. I'm just like in denial pretty yeah. much. I'm like, I don't want to see this. And then, so I was like trying to decide, he's like, we'll book an appointment for like a week or so and we'll have another MRI in eight months, which is, eight months. yeah, I was like this, I feel like this is serious, but yeah. he's my doctor. So I was whatever. And then, yeah, I felt okay like I felt fine I was totally back to normal and then about a week later I was just at work Mm -hmm. I went and got a coffee at lunch I came back I thought maybe I was like drinking too much coffee as you do Mm -hmm. and felt really nauseous and then I was like maybe I should like walk around or go to the bathroom and I stood up and I fell over because my right side was completely numb I couldn't like I didn't have any strength in my right side I couldn't walk I called my dad and he came downtown to pick me up and my friend met me and like met me at my office and like walked me out to his car. I was like so sick um, in his car, like throwing up in the car and couldn't walk. I was like dizzy Mm -hmm. and I get to, he brought me to the foothills emergency and I got checked in and immediately they gave me like a bunch of fluids. Luckily, I have this diagnosis that I had CIS, so they were a little bit faster and they got me in a hospital bed right away. Yeah. And I was in a wheelchair, so I think they felt a little bit bad for me. And then the doctor, eventually I saw a doctor and he was, they did a bunch of blood work again. Same thing, nothing. He was like, I th- the options are you can either get steroids, but you will have, you'll get super bloated, you'll have water retention. I had an exam to write. It was two days before my birthday and two days before I wrote my final stats exam. Oh, gosh. And I, he was like, you won't be able to write your exam. You won't be able to go to work. I think you should just go home. And I think it will, it might just be a flare up. My parents were like, oh, Aaron was out late the week this weekend. And so mm-hmm. he was like, it's probably just a flare up because you're tired. So I went home. I went to my parents' house and the next morning woke up and I couldn't see anything oh my god it was like not like it was completely black but my eyes like I couldn't keep them open and they wouldn't they wouldn't move where I told them to they would just keep going back to the like bottom left corner and that's a pretty common sign pretty common symptom of MS is um vision issues Mm -hmm. so we called my doctor my neurologist and he basically was like you should just you know take it easy if you want to do drugs, I'll write you a prescription. So he wrote me a prescription for um, prednisone steroids. And to kind of give like a picture of what it, the dose was, if you have an asthma attack, they'll give you 50 milligrams. Mm-hmm. And he prescribed me 1,000 milligrams. And Holy so shit. I was taking 20 pills a day and they were awful. My parents, I was, I couldn't keep anything down. So my parents were like grinding them up mm-hmm. and mixing them in a smoothie. And I was like just chugging it. 
because otherwise I would get sick because they tasted so bad. So I was on those steroids for a few days and nothing was getting better. I couldn't walk. I couldn't like see properly. I just like laid in bed with a cloth over my eyes because the light bothered me. Mm-hmm. Like noise bothered me. I'd be upset if someone came in my room and like started talking to me. And then it just wasn't getting better. So I went to my doctor, the neurologist, and he looked at me and he was like, I think you should go to the emergency room. So I checked into the South Health campus. So I did the tour of all the Mm -hmm. emergency rooms and (laughs) South Health campus is definitely the best. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And they checked me in and I was there for six days. Oh, so they did days overnight. So I was inpatient, I guess. And um, they put me on higher dose steroids. So I was doing 1250 plus nausea medication. They told me it was the same medication they give to chemo patients Mm. because I was so sick and um, they did another MRI, but this time they also did an MRI of my spine. So mm-hmm. the first one was just my brain. Second one was complete. And after a few days, I finally kind of started to get better. It, the steroids helped so much. I didn't really see that many adverse side effects from them. Like the doctor said I would, but I did have a pretty bad reaction to them on my skin. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so I started to feel better. They checked me out as soon as I could like walk like assisted so I could walk down the hall if like I was holding a railing or something so I went home in six days and they officially diagnosed me with MS because they found other lesions in my spinal cord Mm -hmm. and yeah to have MS you have to have multiple lesions in with multiple time scales so I had the one in my my brain that was active and then I had old ones they found in my spine so they officially diagnosed me with MS and I didn't have um, clinically isolated syndrome. I had relapse remitting MS mm-hmm. and I they thankfully expedited my referral to the MS clinic at the Foothills Hospital. Mm-hmm. So now I'm a patient there and I have a new neurologist who is um, really good and oh, good. gave yeah. me a, basically he was like, here's three medications I think are good for you. Pick. What do you think? And gave me like every single side effect yeah um and yeah pretty much it took me like two months to get back on my feet and like go back to work after that I had a lot of trouble like walking and writing Mm -hmm. and um I had like a ringing in my right ear for about a month so I always felt like I was falling over or like there was water in my ear which was really annoying and the light and sound were annoying and yeah it took and what about now now I'm I would say I'm like 95 percent Oh, that's good. Yeah, so that was like three months. I was in the hospital at the start of May. Okay. So it was about three months ago. And thankfully, my recovery has been so... It's, yeah, it's been like exponential. Like the first mm-hmm. the first few weeks were really hard, but then the past month or two just been great. I'm back to work and pretty much don't really see... I just have like a little bit of fatigue and like some memory mm. loss. Wow, that's still just so completely terrifying, though. Do they know what caused this for you? And I don't know if MS is hereditary at all. Yeah, they actually have no idea why people with MS have MS. Mm. Um, They think it's partially hereditary. So apparently if you have a twin, there's a 20% chance if they have MS, you will have MS. So it's not Mm. completely hereditary. Uh, It's most common for... Uh, women Hmm. between the ages of 20 and 40 
in northern latitudes, especially like Alberta, because there's low vitamin D, especially northern European Caucasian descent, and especially of upper income households, because uh, just it's cleaner where I guess we grow up in like Hmm. a cleaner environment and our immune system is not as built up as if you live in if you have to fight more things when you're a child. So I pretty much check all those boxes, (laughs) literally all of them. And it's more, and I do have a history of MS in my, not my immediate family, but like my mom's aunts or cousins. Yeah. That's crazy. And I also heard that MS is like super common and prevalent in like Southern Alberta, especially, which is kind of wild. Yeah. I think it's the vitamin, vitamin D. Yeah deficiency especially I also heard it's more common in babies born in like May and June because they were raised or I don't know they were in the womb over <laughs> the winter months and so the mother okay. had less vitamin D during those months oh yeah. I'm in May I know oh, are you in yeah, May, I'm in May. <laughs> oh, great <laughs> sorry don't don't be stressed <laughs> how much did you know about MS before being diagnosed like did you know anything about it no I knew nothing. I just assumed that people who had MS were like old men in wheelchairs, <laughs> you know, like. I thought it was an older population as well that only got it. So I'm yeah. like shocked to hear that it's 20 to 40. Yeah, it's actually the most common. Yeah, 20 wow. to 40. Um, three times more likely for women. I just, I feel bad that I had so many stereotypes against it. And then as soon as I started researching it, it's mm-hmm. just crazy that it's so prevalent in the young population. Would you say that your life is like super different now? Like, does it affect you on a daily basis? And I guess you're probably always thinking about it too. Yeah, I have to kind of plan ahead a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like you only have so much energy because of MS. Like you can't just do everything you want to do. So I have to plan, okay, if I'm going to go get groceries and like I should take it easy at lunch or mm-hmm. um, yeah, if I want to work out, then I can't go get groceries or I can see my friends or I can, you know, take care of myself yeah. or get a good sleep. I think I'm pretty lucky because it's not too bad for me, but I know a lot of people have it so much worse. So yeah. Is there like, has there been a time recently where you did something and you kind of felt like you were kind of triggering it, like say working out or doing something like that? Yeah, working out, uh, I've been trying to like get gradually back into it and it hasn't been an issue yet. Um, But I Mm -hmm. find that heat sensitivity is a huge issue for people Mm -hmm. who have MS. It kind of uh, causes flare-ups, like it aggravates current symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I find if I'm trying to do something outside in the summer, it gets so hot and I just feel so tired so Mm -hmm. that's probably the most time I notice it if I'm trying to do anything outside where I'm overheating just even just walking to work oh wow yeah if it's too hot then it's really hard on me so what is one of like the stereotypes or stigmas around MS that you just want to squash yeah I think people think that MS is like a death sentence and I definitely also felt like that when I first got the news but Mm -hmm. it's definitely not um I'm hoping to live a completely normal life I just have to plan a little bit and you know take my medication and eat healthy and take care of myself but Mm -hmm. uh one thing that doesn't help with the stereotypes is that the 
drugs that are offered for MS have grown incredibly over the last five or so years. And there's so much research going into MS and they're finding new things all the time. So all these people that are, you know, in their older generations who've had MS for 40 years have only been on their drugs for 10 years. But young people like myself who just get diagnosed, they Mm -hmm. can start their drugs right away and hopefully stop or slow down uh, the effects of MS. So I think the stereotype that all uh, people who have MS are going to be in a wheelchair when they're older is wrong, I hope. I hope Mm -hmm. I can prove that wrong. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, there's also the fact that you're young and you have MS and you're not healthy and you're having a hard time sometimes and you're going to, I'm going to have a relapse Mm -hmm. and some young people have relapses all the time and some people have MS that never gets better. So there's a stereotype that we're going to be in a wheelchair, but sometimes people just have a really hard time with MS and they're young and they look Mm -hmm. fine, but they're not. So obviously there's treatments for it, but is there a cure? Not right now. There's no cure. Um, I've heard some promising research coming mm-hmm. out of Canada, actually in Ontario, uh, a lot of stem cell research, but it's pretty intense. So I think they had to refine it. Um, but right now, um, mostly just disease modifying drugs. So slowing down and hopefully mm-hmm. preventing future relapses. So there's, there's not really a cure right now. Okay. Is there something positive that you've gained from this experience and like really learned about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I spend my energy more wisely and not even Mm -hmm. just physical, like going to the grocery store, working out. I mean, there's a, I don't want to spend energy on people who don't spend energy on me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have more of a right, I guess, to stand up for myself and be like, look, my energy is not worth your time. It's just, I think I stand up for myself and I think about myself more and I take care of myself. And that goes for relationships and just health-wise and everything in my life, yeah. No, that's amazing. So, like, what made you want to reach out and share your story with others? Yeah, so I'm with a program at the Foothills for MS patients and I get to see all types of therapists, so, like, occupational, physical, speech... And I also saw, a f- um, sorry, I, one of my it's symptoms okay. is like word finding. I always forget words. Um, like a, like a psychologist. Psychiatrist. A psych- okay. Psychiatrist. Okay. So I, I also see a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and, you know, I was having a little bit of hard time at the start, but not too bad on the scale, I think. And she mm-hmm. said, well, like you've come to terms with it, but like, what can you do to make it positive in your life? Like what, what do you want to do with your MS to make it something that isn't negative? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I wish I could share with everybody. Like I wish I could tell people and be open about it and try to spread that not all people with MS are having a hard time and you can live with it. And one thing I found when I was first diagnosed is that on a lot of forums or online trying to do research everyone mm-hmm. is very negative and obviously there's people who are going through a hard time but there's people who need to see that positive message yeah and I think sure. other like young women in Canada don't always get to see that positive message that it will be okay and that you can get through the hard times and things will be back to normal I didn't see that at the time so my therapist suggested she actually suggested writing a book 
which is oh. not like me at all. <laughs> I was like, that is so ridiculous. I'm, I hate writing. I'm a scientist, but, um, so I, and she, then she also suggested I should make a podcast. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to make a podcast, a whole podcast about MS. And then like a few weeks later, I was listening to your podcast and mm-hmm. it just kind of came to me like maybe this is a good idea because it's someone else's platform, but I still get to share my message about MS. Yeah. And you yeah. never know who it'll reach. So that's yeah. awesome. Even if I just help like one young person or older person, if I help one person totally. who is struggling with their MS and just needs to see like a positive symbol of it, then mission accomplished. Oh, absolutely. So let's get into some Instagram questions. Some of these we've already answered, like, is it genetic and biggest factors for getting the disease? I don't know if you have anything to add for biggest factors. Um, Like maybe um, stress Mm -hmm. definitely plays a factor. So that's like everything, though, you know, like try to meditate and go to yoga and, you know, be less stressful but a big one that everyone can do is take more vitamin d especially in canada i my doctor recommend me take four thousand units a day so that's four like regular pills so that's for that's not just like for people who have ms that's for everybody especially women i'll definitely be taking more vitamin d yeah (laughs) um another question i have here is how did you cope with your diagnosis and what were your treatment options um yeah, coping with the diagnosis definitely went through that kind of like grief flow. Like I mm-hmm. at first I was like in denial, like it's fine. I'm young. Can't be that bad. And then I was pretty depressed for mm-hmm. a few like maybe a few weeks because I couldn't do anything. My friends, it was the middle of summer. All my friends were like doing stuff. I had major FOMO all the time. I also felt really sick. So, I went through that and then mm-hmm. I think now just like being positive and seeing like comparing to myself two months ago makes me happy that I can that I've come this far. So I think coping was really hard, but um, reaching out for support, my friends and family did so much for me reaching out for support Mm -hmm. uh, through the government aids that I got, like my occupational therapist or my psychiatrist. And I also got some support at work, like my boss was really understanding. And yeah, there's nothing you can do about it and there's nothing wrong with being sick so just realizing that everybody needs help sometimes and coming to terms with that and not being embarrassed then yeah that helped and then to answer the question about treatment options there's a lot of treatment options you can do pills every Mm -hmm. day or twice a day or a few times a week you can do daily or you know less than daily up to a few times a week injections Mm -hmm. so sometimes they're like intramuscular like a your flu shot or they're um in your top layer of your skin Mm -hmm. so most uh the older the better older treatments are usually injections so that's pretty much what I was expecting because everybody I knew who had MS was injecting Mm -hmm. and then thankfully when I got to my (laughs) (laughs) clinic he gave me the option to do an infusion so there's a few infusions but I'm on one called Ocrevus and it just came out it's five years old Canada I believe and I just go every six months and I sit in an infusion clinic and get like the drugs pumped through like an IV and it's yeah it's a disease modifying therapy so it it it, um, stops these special B white blood cells from forming Mm -hmm. not really 100% sure about the specifics but basically it tells my 
immune system to stop attacking my brain. So you yeah. don't take the pills daily then, other yeah. than vitamin D? I used to take um, minocycline, which is it was actually an acne medication that had really profound effects on patients with CIS. Mm-hmm. And I took that because to do my infusion, I had to do a bunch of blood work and tuberculosis testing and all my vaccines possible. So I've pretty much done every live vaccine, like shingles and meningitis. Mm. And then you have to wait six weeks. So my doctor didn't want me to be off medication for two months. So I did take a pill, but the, they all have awful side effects. Uh, I was really nauseous, had to uh, time it when I was eating. Mm-hmm. So I had to like, you know, wake up early, take the pill, go back to sleep and then eat, make sure I eat, ate like an hour after it was a hassle. And I felt, yeah, really nauseous and wow. it hurt my stomach. And I just was so happy when I stopped taking those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did this affect the way people saw you and you saw yourself? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think most of my friends have been so great and I don't think anything's changed mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, they see me all the time and they see I can still, you know, have fun and hang out and have a good time. Um, my parents basically saw me as like a fragile <laughs> egg for a while and it was really, <laughs> I love them so much, but it was really annoying. Like they would always be like, Aaron, you shouldn't drink. You shouldn't like stay out late. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was really frustrating and they would always be like, somebody told us that you shouldn't be drinking. And they would never tell me who it was, but it was always like my sister or my grandparents or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And like what you portray on Instagram is not your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you look at my Instagram, I don't drink <laughs> that much, as much as I seem to. Um, and then I think my coworkers that found out, some of them know, some of them don't. They just were like, oh, every time I see them, even now, they're like, are you OK? I'm like, I'm that fine. could get annoying. <laughs> yeah, it gets annoying after yeah, like, a while, but like I know it's it's a positive concern, but yeah. at the same time, you know, I just if I'm I think I'm at the point if I'm not okay, I will tell you. Yeah. So it's nice that my boss asks me, you know, when we meet up, are you doing okay? But at the same time, yeah, I'm just trying to like move on and not make just it like your a life. central focus. Yeah. Yeah. Another question is, do you feel like the healthcare system is doing enough for people with neuromuscular diseases? Yes. So I think I've seen both sides of the spectrum in Alberta specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've heard awful, awful, awful stories about the states and people who with MS and their diagnosis. So I don't want to touch on that because I don't have any experience. But yeah, seeing... That doc, the first doctor who, you know, he was a pri- he had his own private neuro clinic. So he didn't just treat MS, but he he treated all neurological issues. Mm-hmm. And he had awful bedside manner, like calling me saying there's something wrong and then hanging up. Yeah. And not asking me <laughs> if I was okay to like talk and like giving me a diagnosis over the phone. And so I don't think he did enough. I don't think he was urgent enough. Like, obviously, it wasn't a year later. It was literally a week. Mm -hmm. So that was not good. But that was private sector. And then um, being in the MS clinic at the Foothills Hospital has been just so amazing. And I cannot say enough about my nurse and my doctor. And then I also got referred to the Optimist program, which is for patients who have MS. Mm -hmm. And 
there's so many like I just I see like random people I, f- I actually got annoyed about how many appointments I was having <laughs> and these are all covered by our healthcare I didn't have to pay for anything, anything. that's amazing I never paid for um my hospital stay I never paid for any I saw like a dietitian a speech therapist um my OT calls me all the time she helped me set up like stuff with my school uh yeah just I can't say enough about what they've done for me and that's all through the healthcare system it's all publicly funded yeah so I would say yes but you have to see the right doctors and if you have MS then you should try to get in with the foothills MS clinic in Calgary okay in Calgary yeah (laughs) what does an MS attack feel like obviously it's probably different for each person yeah it's definitely different for each person Mm -hmm. so I didn't even touch on like all the symptoms Mm -hmm. so some people have like bladder issues um like sexual dysfunction is really common especially when males heat sensitivity is huge uh spasms and pain I've Mm. luckily haven't had those but it's chronic pain just pain always so I feel really bad for people who have that and um for me my attacks were like very very obvious and they just felt like I was something was very very wrong like I knew there was something wrong it wasn't it wasn't like an if and or but thing it was like okay there's something seriously wrong with my brain like I don't know what's Mm -hmm. happening I didn't feel you don't get any like flu or cold symptoms so I felt completely fine except for my brain and like my muscles so that's my personal experience with an MS attack but like I said it can be completely different um based on like the forums I'm in people some people can't walk or a lot of people don't want to get out of bed they're really tired yeah yeah so the ones when you like you lost your vision for a bit how long did that last um approximately it lasted about six days what because yeah I was it started Tuesday I thought you were going to say like six minutes or six hours. No, because it wasn't That's like I awful. was blind. It was like my my brain couldn't tell my eye muscles where to go. Hmm. So, yeah, I I had to wear an eye patch because one got better faster than the other. Mm-hmm. So in the hospital, they gave me an eye patch, but then that just made me like nauseous. Yeah, they yeah. would. Um, there's like a test that the doctors do where they hold up a finger and move it back and forth and up and down. And basically my eyes would like look at it for half a second and then go back to like I could force my eyes to like look, Mm -hmm. but they would always go back and it's like your eyes are shaking. So I felt so nauseous. So yeah, pretty much like four days of not being able to see at all, just like holding a cloth over my eyes or like sleeping. Yeah. And then a few days after the steroids started to kick in where I kind of like I would wear the eye patch. And then on like the fifth or sixth day, I realized I hadn't been wearing my glasses <laughs> for like six days. And I was like, I don't think I can like, the, yeah, my physical therapist was like trying to get me to walk around and I'm like, I don't think I can't really see. She's like, have you tried putting your glasses on? <laughs> and I did. And I'm like, okay, maybe I am getting better. Like, like, wow. <laughs> I forgot that I was also just like blind because I have bad vision. <laughs> so That's yeah. funny. Last question I have from Instagram is what is the best way to support someone with MS? That's an excellent question. Um, first of all, offering support in any any terms is great. Like I had friends that offered to um, come help me, you know, clean my house or my parents cook food for me. That was so great. 
just like being there and spending time with me and being okay that I couldn't like mm-hmm. go out and do stuff. Like one of my best friends came over and we played cards and it was really bad because I could barely hold the cards and I could only play with like my left hand. But just the fact that she was there on a Saturday and she wanted to hang out. Yeah. And then, yeah, as I get better, just realizing that, yeah, sometimes there's a limitation. So for example, I went to Stampede and mm-hmm. there was a lot of, it was so hot and we, I went with a bunch of people that didn't know I was sick and I didn't want to, t- I don't want to tell, I didn't want to tell, I was guessing yeah. kind of telling everybody, but <laughs> at the time I was like, I don't want to tell anybody because I'm not ready. And right. my one friend who knew was like, I know, Aaron, I know it's really hot. If you're like too hot, we'll just say we're going to go to the bathroom and we'll just like walk around inside. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like that meant so much to me because I didn't have to ask her. And yeah. just like the fact that she just thought about me and thought about oh is this okay for Aaron Mm -hmm. was a lot so even though I didn't even need it just being there for me and saying you're there is enough yeah last thing is there any advice or tips you would give to someone who was just diagnosed with MS or is kind of dealing with this right now yeah so if you're going through like a diagnosis process because mine was pretty quick in like a few weeks but it sometimes it can take years uh just keep trying and if you think there's something wrong and your doctor is telling you there isn't then like you know your own body so you need to listen to yourself and Mm -hmm. I think there's some things I listen to my doctors too much but I at least was like no I know there's something wrong I need to go back and I don't think I would have been diagnosed as early as I and as quickly as I was if I hadn't been like that Mm-hmm. And then for someone who is newly diagnosed, um, they're probably going through some type of like flare up. And I just want to say like it will get better and don't think you're going to be in the state for the rest of your life. And you just need to get through the hard part and you need to accept support mm-hmm. and you need to be open. Sometimes it's going to be embarrassing. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Like I'd use a walker there was one time I was so sick that my mom had to dump water on me in the shower because I couldn't reach my hands above my head and I couldn't bend Mm -hmm. over to like put my head in the water and it just it's going to be hard but you need to lean on that support and you will get through it and it'll be okay and I hope that people can see that you can live a normal life and Mm -hmm. also have a chronic illness and it's not that MS owns you but you're it's just part of your life but it's not the central focus yeah amazing advice yeah (laughs) thanks well I think that's all that I had for questions unless there's anything else you wanted to add in no I think just for people who don't have MS this is I hope other people are listening who don't have MS I just Mm want to say that anybody who has a chronic illness is invisible mostly and you're not Mm going to see that someone is suffering and if someone says that they're having a hard time then you should respect that and believe them and MS and other chronic illnesses they're really hard emotionally and physically so yeah just be respectful of everybody in your life and if somebody's going through a hard time just offer support and just mm-hmm. just be there for them and they'll appreciate it in the long run yeah well thank you so much I feel like I learned a lot about MS in like 40 so. minutes so <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks for sharing your story. And I hope that this does reach people with MS, without MS, and that, you know, you've inspired others or helped them in some way. So yeah, thanks so much. Thanks, Nina.